Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star Sports Podcast. It's Wednesday, July 13th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. I don't know if you can hear the cool jazz playing in the background, but if you can, you know it's Big 12 Football Media Days at AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. This is when football players and coaches meet the media. But on today's show, we're going to hear from athletic bosses, the league commissioners. And that's plural because we're going to hear from incoming commissioner, Brett Yormark. His hiring was announced a couple of weeks ago. And on today's show, you'll hear him lay out his vision for the job and the Big 12's role in realignment. After break, outgoing commissioner Bob Bowlesby gets the final word. His last official day on the job is July 31st. Bob spoke about his tenure and provided what I thought was an interesting answer when asked about his biggest regret during his decade on the job. Okay, let's get started with Brett Yurmark, his opening remarks, and then a question and answer session. I'm so humbled to be here today and thrilled to join the Big 12 family. I'm in a transition period right now, and starting August 1, I will be working full-time at the conference office. With the events of the last couple of weeks, conference composition is once again at the forefront of college athletics. As such, I have been very involved with the stakeholders both inside and outside the Big 12 regarding our path forward and opportunities to grow both the Big 12 brand and business. However, before I get into my vision for the Big 12, I would like to first recognize and thank my amazing family all of which are here today. My wife, Elena, my daughter, Madison, and my son, Drake, for their incredible love and support. Thank you to Linda, Board Chairman, Lauren Skuvenek, and the entire Big 12 Board of Directors for having the confidence in me to be selected the conference's fifth commissioner. And a special thank you to the incredible Big 12 ADs who have welcomed me with open arms. To the SWAs, FARs, administrators, coaches, and student-athletes of the Big 12, I look forward to working on your behalf and being a great resource for you. And lastly, to Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, thank you for all you have done for this conference over the last 10 years and for everything you have done for intercollegiate athletics during the course of your great career. You have have left a lasting legacy and set a very high bar for me to follow. You'll be an incredible resource for me, and I look forward to a long relationship with you. Thank you again, Bob. As all of you get to know me, you will learn that, that I am about family, integrity, loyalty, and dependability. My career path has often found me in the underdog position, although it has inspired me to do the unexpected. With a background in the NBA, NASCAR, and most recently in the entertainment business, you might ask, why college athletics now? Early in my career, I put together a progression ladder. It started with working for the New Jersey Nets, and it ended with a vision to be in college athletics. My passion for the collegiate space was fueled even more so with my many years at Barclays Center, where in a very short period of time, we became a college basketball destination. What excites me most about joining the Big 12 is the transformative moment in front of all of us today. We have an opportunity to grow and build 
the Big 12 brand and business. Be aspirational. Define our point of difference. All while never losing our commitment to always compete and develop our student athletes at the highest levels. Moments like these do not happen often and we must seize them and make the most of them. It will require incredible work and collaboration. One thing is for sure, there is no doubt the Big 12 is open for business. We will leave no stone unturned to drive value for the conference. Just as I pledge to the board, we will be bold and humble, aggressive and thoughtful, and innovative and creative. All in an effort to position the conference in a way that not only grows the Big 12 brand and business, but makes us a bit more contemporary. Although there will be challenges ahead, Bob has left me an incredible foundation to build upon. During August and September, I will conduct a listening tour and visit all 14 campuses. I will meet with stakeholders to gain a historical point of view and to ask, what does success look like? Following my first 60 to 90 days, I will report back to the board with my observations and how I see our path forward. I will work very closely with our member institutions to ensure we are prepared to seize opportunities that benefit our league. And if those happen within the first 60 days, we will move as fast as we need to. One thing is crystal clear. There is no higher priority than to best position the Big 12 for its upcoming multimedia rights negotiations. Everything we do must create momentum for these negotiations, as well as building the, the value of the Big 12 brand and business. I'm learning the issues facing the NCA and the conference in real time, such as name, image, and likeness, the transfer portal, student-athlete well-being, considerations of the NCA Transformation Committee, and the CFP expansion. I look forward to learning the perspectives of our stakeholders on these issues and more during my visit to campus. I've been actively engaged in realignment and appreciate the incredible input I've received from everyone throughout the conference. Exploration and optionality is at the forefront of what we are focused on. Anything considered must be additive and not dilutive. Sometimes the best deals are the ones that don't get done. Although I have a lot to learn, I'm confident in my background and that it's well suited for this role and I'm excited to go to work. I embrace the responsibility to be a steward of this great conference and to carry out the mission and vision of our member institutions. As much as we will aspire to do well, we must also aspire to do good and use our platform to drive positive change around us. I am thankful for this incredible opportunity and I'm thrilled to be here. I want to wish all the football coaches and our student athletes a very successful season. I want to thank everyone for attending Big 12 Football Media Days. I look forward to working with you and getting to know each and every one of you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Brett. We will now open it up to questions from the media. However, before we do, uh, Baylor President Linda Livingstone will be leaving the stage to take a 9 o'clock call. She will come back after the conclusion of that call and will be available for one-offs. So uh, we do request that uh, in order to ask a question, that you please raise your hand, wait for the microphone holder, and then please state your name and affiliation when asking the question. Questions? 
Mr. Yarmark, Randy Peters, Des Moines Register. Is the Big 12 actively engaged with the four Pac-12 conference schools that's being reported fairly widely? First of all, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you as well. As I said in my opening comments, we're exploring all options, and we're open for business. And optionality is good, and we're vetting through all of them. I think it's fair to say I've received a lot of phone calls, a lot of interest. People understand the direction of the Big 12, and we're exploring those levels of interest. Nothing is imminent, but we're working hard to make sure that we position the Big 12 in the best possible way on a go-forward basis. Okay, in the middle over here, Brett, uh, Kirk, stand up please so they can get the microphone to you. Uh, Kirk Bowles from the Austin American Statesman. Uh, Brett, could you give us reasons why it would make more sense for the Big 12 to grab teams from the Pac-12 other than the other way around? That's a great question. And again, I'll say that there is not a definitive plan right now. We're exploring all options. I can assure you that given the time I've spent with our presidents, our chancellors, our athletic directors, we are a very unified group. Bob mentioned that during his opening comments. It was one of the things that drew me to the job, the alignment that the board and AD community all have uh, for going forward. So as we vet out the possibilities, everything will be additive, nothing will be dilutive, and I feel very confident that our conference is in the best position it's ever been in before. Bob is leading us in a great place. And also follow up and just say, do you feel like the Big 12 could become one of these super conferences like the SEC and Big 10? I, as you get to know me, I don't really pay much attention to anything else but us. And I think there's incredible upside with the Big 12. It's one of the reasons, again, I'm here today. We have a chance to build our brand, our business, nationalize our conference in a way that hasn't been done before, and I'm excited to go to work and, and start that process. Brett Curtis Quillen, KCEN TV, Channel 6 in Waco, straight ahead on the aisle, sir. Oh, I'm not going to ask a realignment question, but you mentioned name, image, and likeness a few times. Given your background, how do you feel you can best guide the universities as everybody kind of navigates this new thing that came to be last summer? Well, well, I can say at a high level, I'm an advocate of NIL. I've got my feet wet to some degree at Rock Nation, where we have been engaged with NIL. I, from a personal point of view, having not really spoken to many of our key stakeholders about it, I think there needs to be guardrails. There probably needs to be uniformity. And maybe the conference needs to take a bigger role in what NIL looks like going forward. But I think given my background, having spent so much in the commercial time in the commercial space, I'm very well suited for NIL in whatever form it takes on a go-forward basis. Yeah, Barry Trammell with the Oklahoma. Uh, I think you were just on June 29th. I don't know how much earlier than that you knew you'd been hired. 
two days later, we get the Pac-12 Pac news of USC and UCLA. What were your reactions when you heard that? Was it some sort of, hey, this is interesting, or was it, holy crap, what have I got myself into? Or what, what, was, your, what was your reactions when two days into the job, you know, all hell breaks loose? Well, my reaction was probably both, but I was excited by it in many respects because I saw there was opportunity. And I figured I'd be thrown into it uh, a little sooner than I had thought. And as Linda said, uh, I've been working very closely with Bob and others on defining our path forward. So I, I do look at it as an opportunity. Uh, as I said earlier, we're going to vet out all the possibilities and options and determine where we go. Yes, Commissioner Yormark, Robert Allen with the Cowboy Radio Network, uh, Pokes Report, Triple Play Sports Radio. Got a few jobs. Uh, I have two. I have two right now. Well, you do, and yes. you do, and your future one is is quite a challenge. The man next to you will tell you that, I'm sure. Uh, wanted to ask you two questions real quick. Progression ladder. Very intrigued by that that philosophy. You touched on it a little bit, but what made the Big Twelve and being the commissioner here an important part of your progression ladder? Secondly, I know you've met with the board. I know you've met with the athletic directors. I also heard you sought out the uh, cell phone numbers of all the head football coaches. From those conversations, if that's true, what have you gleaned from the head football coaches in your conversations? Well, first of all, I'm thrilled to be the next commissioner of the Big 12. As I said in my opening comments, I always had a vision to be in college sports. Candidly, I thought it might have been an AD. I wasn't sure. But I was enamored with the space. It was fueled during my time at Barclays Center. So when this opportunity presented itself, I said, let's give it a great shot. And thankfully it all worked out. As it relates to the football coaches, I didn't have many conversations with the football coaches. Really for me, it was a way to introduce myself, uh, let them know I'm a resource on 24 seven and I'm thrilled to be part of the Big 12 family. And so I did have some nice dialogue with many of the coaches and it was more just very high level, me saying hello and, and again, telling them I'm looking forward to seeing them, seeing them this week. All right, thank you. Thank you. Hey, Brad's Gary, the Amiga of the Tulsa World, right toward the middle. How's it going? Hey, there you, there you are. Welcome to the conference. Uh, thank you. How, how do you look at this situation with uh, Oklahoma and Texas? Is it, is it a distraction for you with everything that you've got to tackle right out of the gate? Have you, have you had a chance to build any relationships in Austin or Norman? Something that I know you're, you're going to want to see is important as they move forward as well. Well, first of all, the folks from Texas, both the president and AD as well as at Oklahoma, they've been very gracious to me. They were part of the process and me getting hired. So I appreciate the support that I received. I'm sure there's going to be a moment in time where we're going to sit down and discuss the future. Obviously, I don't start till August 1, and I look forward to doing that. And um, that's really all I can say at this point in time. Tom uh, Richardson from orangebloods.com. Uh, Congratulations on the job. Thank you. Um, as a follow-up to the Texas OU question, is it your goal for Texas and OU to remain in this conference throughout the remainder of that contract? Or with new teams coming in, does it behoove you to maybe try to figure out ways for you guys to part ways a little bit sooner? From my perspective, 
And again, I don't start until August 1. I have a lot to learn. But in any situation like this, I always look for a win-win scenario. That being said, it's important that whatever happens is in the best interest of this conference. But I look forward at the right time to have those conversations. I thank you for your question. Shahan J. Rajan, CBS Sports. Uh, Brett, welcome to the conference. Thank you. Um, you know, obviously you have a long experience uh, working in the Northeast, working in New York, working uh, in Brooklyn. What kind of draw you to this space and uh, what kind of made this conference at this time in Graves? Well, as I said, well, first of all, I've, I've spent a little time in Dallas over my career. When I was at NASCAR, I used to come here, obviously, for race weekends. And I like the market. It's a very vibrant market, and I'm um, looking forward to being part of the community. You know, my, my plan, obviously, is to move here, and um, I'm excited about that. And just generally speaking, you know, the, the move to the Big 12 was very exciting for me because I think we can have a very special moment. Uh, I think there is incredible upside here. Again, Bob has left me in a, in a great spot, and, and my goal is now to take the baton and move it forward, and, and I plan on doing that with the collective staff at the Big 12. And, you know, in my opening comments, I didn't have a chance uh, to thank the staff uh, at the Big 12, but I've spent the last two days in our office. Bob put together an incredible team, and I look forward to working with them. They have welcomed me with open arms, and I look forward to doing some incredible things with them over the course of the next couple of years. Uh, Jamie Plunkett with Frogs today. In your opening statement, you mentioned creating a strong brand. From your experience, what are some steps that go into creating a strong brand? And then on the other side of that, what are some signals that a brand is strong? You know, from my perspective, again, Bob has positioned the brand in a, in a great way, but I think there's opportunities, as I learn a little bit more about the brand and our fan base, to become a little bit more national, to position our brand a little younger, hipper, cooler, how do we connect to um, youth culture, diversify some of the things we're doing, um, uh, and I think we have a great opportunity to do that. You know, I've been in the brand building business and the business building business in my days at NASCAR, where we took it, a, a sport from predominantly the South and where the roots were, we made it a national phenomenon. Obviously, uh, in Brooklyn, we, we moved the team from the Nets, which was a bit of a depressed brand and franchise and made it into a global brand. And um, my goal is to do something very similar here. Um, and I'm excited about it, and I'm excited to go to work. Buying your first home is a huge milestone, but the journey there can be confusing. First Federal Bank of Kansas City is here to make it simple. After nearly a century of serving the KC community, our loan advisors have experience in every type of housing market. With a short phone call, we can give you a free rate quote and talk through loan options. No pressure, no obligation. The road to home ownership can be simple with First Federal Bank. Get started with a free quote at ffbkc.com homes. First Federal Bank of Kansas City, because banking is personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. 
go to kansascity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. You just heard from incoming Big 12 Commissioner Brett Yormark. Now here's Bob Bowlesby, the outgoing commissioner. He held court with a group of reporters. The conversation starts by him discussing last year around this time when Texas and Oklahoma announced they were leaving for the conference, much to the surprise of many, including Bowlesby. It looks like the Big 12 is in better shape than, than what anybody thought. Uh, 51 weeks ago. I, I agree. Are you, are you I agree pleased? I, I think we added the four best schools we could have. Are you pleased with, considering all the circumstances, with where the conference is at, where you're sort of leaving the conference? Uh, yeah. I, I, I think uh, I'm the longest sitting commissioner we've had. That doesn't say much about the <laughs> volatility of the environment. But, uh, yeah, I, uh, I would say my 10-year body of work uh, is uh, satisfying to me. Uh, are there some things that... Uh, probably feel like a little bit of things left undone. Yeah, there, I think there are always those things. But, you know, the fact is, there aren't very many people in my business that get out on their own terms. And I'm about as close to it as fine. What's your biggest regret? Um, I think probably uh, the Rose Bowl when it was a semifinal and Oklahoma was ahead two touchdowns at the half. We had a team in the national championship and it didn't work out because I think we've had teams that are good enough to, to play in the, in the national championship final. Um, and it, it hasn't worked out. But, uh, you know, well, what would that have changed things? That wouldn't have changed much, which just allowed us to have more fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you feel like ABC, ESPN, Fox are shaping college athletics right now more than school presidents? Oh, not, not just media partners, but there are a lot of people outside the enterprise that are having a lot of influence on what's going on. Plaintiff's lawyers, uh, student-athlete advocates, uh, those advocating for pay-for-play or unionization, revenue sharing. You know, they're, they're just, I, I uh, had a meeting yesterday in Washington, D.C., and I with a number of congressmen. Courts are involved, the legislatures at the state level and the national level are involved. Um, there are a lot of people that uh, have their fingers in it, from collectives to boosters to other people. And, uh, you know, it's athletic director jobs are getting more difficult all the time because of the outside influences. Bob, are there, are there enough brand name schools to make a third super conference? You guys can better assess that than I can. Well, why is that? You know, you in, in the end, um, it's it's all about national competitiveness. It's, uh, you know, it's you guys like to uh, determine the value of conferences based upon revenue distribution. There's a, there's a lot of other uh, metrics that you can use, and uh, I think our schools are doing a tremendous job, and I think the new schools are going to fit right in. And so we we just need to go forward and continue to uh, do what we've been doing. Are, are, are the two super conferences killing? The national competitiveness program? You know, this isn't any different than what has happened in every small town in America. The corner drugstore has gone away. 
the mom and pop grocery store has gone away. Um, capitalism is engulfed and devout, and that's that's what we're seeing in uh, a couple of situations in college athletics. It isn't any different. It's the aggregation of resources, and it isn't any different than what's happened in a whole bunch of different walks of life. As a former athletic director at Stanford, do you understand why USC and UCLA are doing what they're doing? Well, they, when I was in the Pac-12, they always thought they brought more value than anybody else, and, and indeed they probably did. Uh, at one time, there was what was called the Southern California Premium, that meant that they got more of the distribution than anybody else, and we eventually got to equal revenue sharing. And, uh, you know, the, the, the Pac-12, the Big 12, the, every league is exactly the same. I've been in three of them autonomy conferences and, and they're all exactly the same. There's two or three bell cows at the top that are typically successful. There's a bunch of people that compete in the middle and there are some that are bottom dwellers that are really working hard to try and get to the middle. And every league has been the same. And uh, so, you know, that now you've, what you've seen the last two years is, is the top of the food chain has, has moved through aggregation. And, you know, it, it's... Uh, does it weaken the other league? Sure it does. There's no doubt about it. Can you compensate for it? Yeah, you, you can, but um, the jury's still out on how successful you're going to be in that compensation. Do you, do you feel like telling anybody, I told you so, about the expanded playoff that you are an architect of? Let's say that again. Do you feel like tell, saying, I told you so, about the expanded playoff that you were an architect of, back that it didn't pass? Uh, well... I, I've never thought that the conference migration had all that much to do with the, the CFP. Um, I, I think the larger format makes a lot of sense, but for me, the larger format makes sense because it enhances the postseason at the same time it enhances the regular season. It's going to draw more interest to the regular season. With six to eight weeks to go, there's going to be 40 teams that have a chance to be in the playoff. We'll, we'll eventually end up with a larger format. What's your guess in 10 years what college football looks like? <laughs> that's, that's way past my pay grade. I, I don't have any idea. What Five years. Ten minutes. Yeah. Ten minutes. There you go. When you talk about the future success of the Big 12 with the, with the revenue disparity between the top two conferences and, and everybody else, how important is playoff access for somebody like the Big 12 to continue to for national competitive? Well, I think you have to have access. I think that was one of the bedrock uh, principles that we went into it with, was that, that uh, when the uh, four wasn't big enough, it was hard to be on the outside looking in, and that there needed to be a, a fairer allocation of, of the opportunities. And that doesn't mean the outcome's going to be any different. I mean, the, the, the teams that have won have won because, generally speaking, they're the best teams. Uh, they're the best programs. But... Uh, to say with the NCAA tournament, you can, you can play yourself out of a bad seed, but you can't play yourself into the tournament if you're not selected. And so, you know, it's kind of the same thing in the playoff. You, uh, it would be a great story for college athletics if a uh, 12 seed played their way through to the championship game. And that'll happen sometime. Well, based on those conversations from those past few months, do you think when they come back to the table on that, it's going to be harder to, you know, protect the top six? Conference champions, or do you think the 
conversation will be more about just at largest. Max, I honestly haven't given it any thought. I, I don't know what the dynamic will be on that. I do think there's a commitment to make sure that there's access and, and legitimate access for for everybody. I, I do think that we've uh, traditionally wanted to um, to uh, fortify the importance of conference championships and conference play. Still see that as as part of it. How you know whether it's six champions or whether it's something else. Anybody's guess. Do you, do you, you recommend? Do you think this direct Big Twelve to add schools? I'm not in a position at this point to make any recommendations. How about an opinion? <laughs> no, <laughs> opinion shouldn't be written. Do you think that the direction this is going though is toward pushing some of those schools away from that? the opportunity to, be, to compete in the playoff and only give those the USC, UCLA going to the Big Ten? Well, yeah, I mean, in the end, you're going to eat what you kill. You know, if you're competitive, it's, uh, we live in a zero-sum game. Every, somebody wins and somebody loses. There, there will likely be traditionally strong programs that are no longer strong. situation where you see it making sense for Texas and Oklahoma to leave before 2025 for the conference? I, I don't have any comment on that. The only thing I have to go on is the documents that we have and what they've told us. What's the, uh, what's the biggest challenge for this league moving forward as you exit? Say what? What's the biggest challenge for this league as you exit moving forward? No, I, I think Brett capably those things. I don't have anything to add. Brett mentioned that everything this league does moving forward needs to be with multimedia negotiations in mind. Was it always so single? Was the focus always so singular? And do you think that's just a new reality? Well, it's, it's always been our largest source of revenue. Now, not, not on an institutional basis, because obviously gate receipts are a huge, huge part of livelihood of the schools, but um, in terms of distributable revenue, it's been a long time since Texas, since uh, television wasn't the largest portion of our distributable revenue, so it's always been a very high priority. I'm on your way out the door. Would you like to take a shot at Texas and Oklahoma? No. <laughs> you sure? Absolutely positive. <laughs> hey, Bob, uh, a few years ago, you guys decided to stay with 10 teams. Um, is it feasible to survive in this new world with just 12? We'll find out. You know, I, I think that's the I think that's the process that we'll go through is um, a determination whether that's the new day or or whether they're you know as as Brett said uh, anybody we add has to be indeed additive. Uh, you you can't add people that are going to just take more slices of the pie. So you know that that's a uh, that's a, a very calculated, uh, long thought about uh, outcome, and and that's the process he described. It's, that's that's what we'll be doing, and I think uh, he's right that uh, decisions will be made in the context of of what best positions us. 
Back there, to playoff access. There was an SEC Big Ten playoff only at one point. Do you see fan interest suffering in schools who are left out on the outside in that situation? See, I, I, that's what you get when you get a slow news time. You guys start interviewing each other and coming up with stuff like that. <laughs> Is there anything outside of potential revenue added with an additive team uh, besides just revenue that you could bring to the conference? Are there any other factors or qualities that a conference would consider when taking a team? Yeah, totally. The student athlete experience, the, the quality of the educational experiences that we're offering, the uh, you know the implications of travel and, and uh, this class time and those kinds of things. There are there are lots of things that we take into consideration, and, and there are lots of things that new members bring. Uh, you know, Cincinnati is the second oldest public university in the United States. Um, Central Florida is uh, the second largest university in the country. Houston's in the best uh, in the best recruiting county in the entire United States for football talent. Uh, BYU is, is one of the few schools that truly has a worldwide reach. Um, you know, as we think about adding, um, it's, it goes back to the previous question. We're you know we're adding um, things for specific reasons and that deliver specific benefits. You know that's not an easy assessment to make, nor is it one you you know you can opine on. So maybe um, if y'all added them several years ago, it might have not been at this point now. Well, it uh, it wasn't my decision to add or not add. Uh, the fact is there weren't enough votes to add anybody at the time. Does this Do conference it. need a network going forward? Conference networks, every last one of them is getting smaller. Um, there, there are fewer cable households today than uh, any time in the last 15 years, and they're, they're going to continue to get smaller. So, you know, when you think about adding a linear network, you're, you're adding an asset that is going to be smaller the day after you started than the day you, you started. So, you know, it's a reasonable people can disagree, but uh, that doesn't seem to be the direction That'll do it for today. Thanks to our Sportsbeat KC production team of Randy Mason, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Chris Fickett. Shout out to our sponsor, First Federal Bank. Their website is ffbkc.com. Hey, and this is usually where I plug the morning sports edition, and you should still read it. It's the best sports section in the country, and it's available on liveedition.kansascity.com. But I got another plug today. At noon on Thursday, Kellis Robinette, you know Kellis, he covers Kansas State for the Star and Wichita Eagle. He and I are going to conduct a conversation on Twitter spaces. You find us on Twitter accounts of the Star and the Wichita Eagle. The Star is at KC Star, and the Wichita Eagle is Kansas.com with .com spelled out, so Kansas.com. We'll answer your questions about conference realignment, the Big 12, Kansas State, KU football, anything to do with college sports. Again, that starts at noon on the Stars and Eagles Twitter accounts, noon on Thursday. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC.